0: We're going to conclude our series today on growth. And, uh, we talked about the nature of growth, the balance of growth, growing pains. Last week we talked about grow, grow inhibitors, things that keep us from growing. Today I want to talk about the ultimate goal of growth. Why grow anyway? Why, why should we even be at all interested in growing? I want to talk about that. Because as we talked about last week, Our future success depends on our personal growth today. If we want to know what our future is going to be like, we got to look at what we're doing today because that's what's going to determine our tomorrow, right? The only way we can be successful tomorrow is we got to keep growing today. In other words, we got to get rid of procrastination and laziness and apathy. We got to break out of that stuff if we want to be successful tomorrow, amen? So if you want content, like, for example, if you want continued success in your marriage, for instance, you have to keep investing time and effort in growing your relationship with your spouse, right? If you want your marriage to improve, if you want to be healthier physically in 2019, like everybody wants to and makes resolutions, right? You have to change behavioral patterns. If you want to be healthier, it's not going to happen through osmosis. Have y'all learned that? I can't just look at a gym and I get healthier, right? If you want financial success, you got to be a better steward of your finances. Growth produces success tomorrow. And, of course, if you want to grow spiritually, you have to, change, you have to make changes necessary to grow. And so we need to always remember the byproduct, the byproduct of personal growth is what? It's a lifetime of fruitfulness, how many of you want to be fruitful? Well, I hope you do, because we're going to talk about that today. In fact, God requires us to live a life of fruitfulness. You know, some some people have bought into the ideas: all you got to do is say this little prayer, and then ever God's cool, and you just can live your life like you want. How many of you know that's not the gospel truth? In fact, let me let me just tell you what Jesus said in John fifteen sixteen: You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Now, this is our calling. We're specifically chosen by God to grow and to produce fruit, right? Are y'all with me? If you say, I'm, I'm with you, Todd. Say amen. amen. All right. Now, there's four reasons we should strive to live a life of fruitfulness. John 15:8. this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. The first truth is living a fruitful life brings glory to God. It brings glory to God. This is to my father's glory. Every time we bear fruit in our life, it brings honor to God. Can I ask you a question? Are you interested in bringing honor to God? Let me ask you another one. Do you love Jesus? Do you want to bring honor to Jesus? Every time you bear fruit, you bring honor to Jesus. Amen. Every time you shine, every time you shine a positive light on Christianity by serving him, and you make him more appealing to those that are around us. This should be the goal of every believer, that we bring honor to God. Are y'all with me out there? The second truth about living a fruitful life is living a fruitful life proves that I'm a genuine follower of Christ. John 15:8. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What proves that we are a genuine follower of Christ? Oh, I know, I know. You wear a cross. You tattoo a cross. You put a bumper sticker. No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said how you prove that you're a disciple of mine is you bear fruit. Listen, anybody can say they're a Christian. In fact, if you ask them, there's a lot of Christians out there. Amen? But what proves that we are genuine followers is that when we bear fruit with our life, not just a little fruit, but a lot of fruit. And this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. Listen, God is not satisfied with bearing a little fruit. Have you ever had a fruit tree that abounded in fruit? You had like fruit abounding on the limbs. Francis Bork has one of those. How many of you had a fruit tree where you got just a little bit of fruit? How many of you more satisfied when you got a fruit tree that's bearing a lot of fruit? The Father is the same way. He wants us to bear a lot of fruit. He said, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. The truth is, God didn't choose us just to go to heaven. He wants a return on his investment. And he wants us to be fruitful. Amen. And so always remember this. The highest level of living that you and I could live is living for the purpose that God created us for. And living a fruitful life is God's purpose for every Christian. God created us to live a fruitful life. You'll never be happier than whenever you're doing what God tells you to do. Listen, you could be a Christian and be ugly and be rude and live your life like, like Jesus hadn't touched your life, but you're going to be miserable. Amen. The, the highest level of living, listen, is to is, is to do what God called you to do. I remember like before I was saved, uh, I was living just to please myself. and And I was depressed. I was unhappy. I had an emptiness in my life. And then I got saved. And after I got saved, I learned about living to please God. And so now for 33 years, I've been leaving, living to please God. And you know what? I'm not depressed anymore. I'm not living an empty life. Can I get a witness in here this morning? Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about today? Listen, so the, the first truth is this. Let me go back home. The first truth, living a fruitful life brings glory to God. Number two, it proves that I'm a genuine follower. Number three, living a fruitful life is God's purpose for every Christian. Every Christian. Number four, the fourth truth about living a fruitful life is we are to bear lasting fruit. In other words, genuine Christians don't just bear fruit, but they bear fruit that lasts. In other words, they're not just a flash in a pan Christian. They're, they're consistent. They're the same day in and day out. We are to produce fruit. How many of you know, not just on Sunday morning, why the worship team is up here, but every day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? We got to be consistent. Genuine Christians not only are live uh, or bear consistent fruit, but they also bear, bear eternal fruit, fruit that will last forever. They make eternal investments. They don't just live for the here and now. They live for eternal life. For eternal investments, they know one day all this is going to burn up, and that whatever. Listen, I did a funeral yesterday. There was no U-Haul behind that hearse. Amen. You can't bring anything with you, and everything you built, your 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 children will fight over. So you might as well make some eternal investments. Amen. That's what Jesus was talking about in, in Matthew six nineteen. He said, "Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth." where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves are not breaking or steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. The Lord wants us to be eternal, heavenly investors by storing treasures in heaven. Are y'all tracking with me? Now, how do you know if you're living a fruitful life or not? How do you know? I mean, if you ask this person, they say, oh, you're doing great. If you ask that person, they say, oh, you're doing terrible. Well, how do you know if you're living a fruitful life? I'm glad you asked that question. I going to me four kinds of fruit we should all produce. The first one is the fruit of repentance. John the Baptist said, bring forth fruit with repentance. Matthew 3, 3 therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. When we repent, we become Christians. And when we become Christians, our lives should change. Do you all agree with this gospel? Okay. So the fruit of repentance is whenever you show a genuine change of heart. Listen, when you become a Christian, your heart should change. When you become a Christian, you, have, you should have a change of mind. When you become a cha- a Christian, you should have a change of attitude, right? 2 Corinthians 5:17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Transformation. When we become Christians, we should change. Our hearts should become tender. Our hearts should be compassionate. Listen, if you're a Christian and you're still crusty, you got too much religion and not enough relationship. Amen. Because the Pharisees and the scribes, they could quote chapter and verse, but they were hard hearted. Come on. How many of you know you got to have a tender heart? You have to have a change of mind. You have to have a godly mindset. Your values has to be different than the world. Amen. And then you, you have to have a, a better. You have to have a faith-filled attitude. God can do that. Come on. How many of you have a faith-filled attitude? God can do that. I believe God can help you. I believe God can help me. The second kind of fruit we should all produce, first the fruit of repentance, but then the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, pace, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know what the fruit of the Spirit is? It's godly character. We should have godly character. The fruit of the Spirit is acting like Christ. And God wants us to develop the fruit of the Spirit. He wants us to develop godly character. Have you ever been in the midst of a a transaction out there in the, somewhere downtown or somewhere, you know, like towards the mall or on that Johnson Street ambassador and you're, you're starting to act like not godly? Has, has anybody else ever struggled with that? Or, or you didn't get what you asked for, Are they just treating you like you don't exist, and you start getting this attitude, and it's not Christ-like. Yeah, no? Please say yes. Because we're gonna have a prayer meeting. Y'all gonna pray for me this morning. But come on, how many of you know you gotta constantly work on it? It's not a one time but that's the fruit God is looking for. He says, Hey, you're my ambassador. You're my representative. Where you go, I go. Don't go somewhere and represent me in an ungodly way. You're doing more harm to me than good. Come on. Gee, The scripture says we can be a stumbling block to the cross. The last thing I want is my savior that died for me, shed his blood for me, for me to be a stumbling block to him. God, help me. I want, to be, uh, I want to be a worker in this kingdom that brings glory and honor to him. And I know you do too, right? Amen. So the fruit of the Spirit, and then the third kind of fruit, is the fruit of another Christian. Just like everything God created, God created everything to produce after its kind, right? In Proverbs 1130, it says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. You know, listen, just as cows, what do they produce? Milk. Somebody said milk. Milk and cows, right? Sheep produce what? Whoa, yeah, I know. But they produce sheep, right? Humans produce what? All kinds of stuff. But God created humans to be fruitful and to multiply and to produce after their kind, right? God wants us to, as Christians, to reproduce after our kind. He wants us to reproduce Christians. He, listen, you know, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't have a website. He doesn't have a Facebook page. He doesn't have Snapchat. Come on, y'all say amen. It's true, he don't have one. If he does, tell me about it. I hadn't seen it yet. The way that he markets himself is through his hands and his feet, the church of the living God. Amen. And so we are to reproduce after our kind. You know, there's a scripture where Jesus is talking about these religious people. And he said, man, whenever you go and minister to people, you make them more of a devil than they were before. God, I don't want to do that. Jesus helped me, right? Uncle Rex, I don't want to do that, right? Come on, we need to be producers. And you know what I found about producing other Christians? I can't do it if I'm living for him half-heartedly. I got to be full on. Come on, I need a better amen right there. And then the fourth kind of fruit we should all produce is the fruit of ministry. It's the fruit of ministry. What is ministry? It's serving others. It's helping others. In fact the Bible says in Ephesians 2:10 it is God himself who has made us and we us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus and long ages ago he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others The thing about Christianity is you got to die to yourself. You can't be selfish. You can't be self-centered. If you're going to live the Christian life, you have to live your life for others, right? Let me say that again. Listen, if you want to live the Christian life, it can't be about you. It's got to be about him, right? It's got to be, and that's what helping others is ministry, and God designed us to make a difference with our life, and we make a difference by serving other people, by helping other people, and so how do we minister to others? We minister to others by using our natural talents and gifts. How many of you glad these people using their talents, like play the guitar and sing? Aren't you glad you don't have to rob me to lead worship? You can say amen, alright, that's okay. But we minister to others by using our spiritual gifts. And we encourage others. We minister to others by doing good deeds, acts of kindness, compassion. And God wants every Christian to show the fruit of ministry by serving and helping others. Now, listen, I want to encourage you, if you hadn't already gotten into the Next Steps class after the second service, I want to encourage you to to jump in there because we'll equip you to minister. So when it comes to being fruitful with your life, showing fruit of repentance, living a godly life, reaching others for Christ, ministering to others, how are you doing? Are you living a fruitful life? Are you living the kind of fruit that Jesus says is lasting fruit? Because that's what he's after, gang. That's not my words. It's his words. He said, I chose you and I appointed you for you to go and bear fruit. What kind of fruit, Todd? Godly fruit. Right? Ministering to others. Leading other people to Christ. Those are the, those are the kinds of things that the Lord is looking for. And Jesus took big issue of bearing fruit. He took it very seriously. In fact, do you remember that time he went to Jerusalem and he saw this fig tree, went to, probably went to get some figs off of it and there was none? There was no fruit? Remember what he did? He cursed it. And the disciples were surprised. Man, what are you doing cursing a fig tree? They came back later and it shriveled up and died. Why did he curse it? Because it wasn't doing what it was created to do, produce figs. Now, I'm not saying that the Lord is going to curse us if we don't produce fruit. But I am telling you, that's the desire of his heart. He wants us to be fruit producers. Why? He's got a plan. This plan is to reach the world with his good news. And he don't have a Facebook page. He's got hands and feet of his children, his sons and daughters to get the job done. Amen. We are his solution, man. So we need to get with the program, right? Now, let me let me conclude today by talking about, you know, how do you bear fruit? And, and I, I believe this It's like whatever measure of fruit I'm bearing with my life. The Lord wants me to bear more fruit. Would you all agree with that? I knew you would say that. Yeah, Todd, you need to bear more fruit. Let me let me turn it around a little bit. I believe whatever level of fruit you're bearing, the Lord wants you to bear more fruit. How many of you agree with that? Not quite as much amen right there. But how many of you know that, man, God wants us to be fruit bearing. And whatever level of fruit we're bearing, man, there's something on the inside of me as we approach this new year. God, I got one life to live. I got one time. I got one shot. I don't want to squander it. I don't want to waste it. I want it to be productive. God, I want to make a difference for your kingdom. I'm tired of Satan. I'm tired of the devil. I'm tired of the works of the devil. I'm tired of all the brokenness and the darkness I see in this world. We need more Jesus in this earth. Amen. How many of you would agree with that? And we can make a difference with our life. We might not be able to reach the four corners of the globe, but, or, it's round. I don't know. They, they might be some corners. I don't know. But we can make a difference where we live, right? Amen. We can make a difference. And I hope you're encouraged. So let's talk about how do you produce more fruit? Now this might be too simple for you to grab a hold of. So I need to put you, I need you to put your, your kindergarten cap on. All right. Like it's simple. But it's profound. In 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 Matthew, or in John fifteen five, Jesus said, "It's what he said. I am the vine; you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears. What does he bear? For apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's the key. Here's the key right here. To produce much fruit." You must stay connected to Christ. Amen. Were y'all here when Pastor Joseph was here and we shared we kind of did a little interview with him and you know he had 40 churches he has 160 churches now and 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 he feeds 300 kids and and and, and I mean he's 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 busy as can be. He's very fruitful. Pastor Terry was telling me he was living in the kind of like the, the a parsonage at the church. He said, "Ty, that guy he spends no less than four hours a day praying. Well, no long, no wonder he's fruitful. No wonder he's fruitful. Are y'all with me? How do you stay? You gotta stay connected to the vine. Like, you know, here's a, some, here's a tree. Looks like Jesus cursed this one. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But how many of you know a branch can not produce fruit if it's not connected to the tree? And so Jesus has given us a very common illustration to make a very powerful, powerful analogy understandable. And he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So how do you stay connected to Christ? Here's three ways to stay connected to the vine to get the resources you need to be fruitful. How many of you know, I've tried to live a godly life. I can't do it on my own. In fact, even with being connected to the vine, I still struggle to be godly. What about you? So how do you stay connected? Start every day with Bible reading and prayer stored every day. Putting Christ first in your day is key. In Matthew 6:33, Jesus said, "Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you." First means you got to make it a priority. You see, and and so one weak, week W E E K without tapping into the vine makes one week W-E-A-K. And so why isn't the church having more impact on our society? Why aren't we seeing more healing? Why aren't we seeing more deliverance? Why aren't we seeing more kingdom come? I think it's because we're not tapping in the vine enough. Are y'all with me? So forget about everybody else. If you want to be fruitful... If you want to bear much fruit, you start every day with Bible reading and prayer. And by the way, we have a one-year Bible, or you could go to YouVersion, download that app. There's a one-year Bible there. You can read the whole Bible in one year. But the point is, is you have to make it first. You got to start your day. How many of you know, if you don't work out first in the morning, it might not happen at all, right? And if you don't see God first, it probably won't happen at all. I know some people are morning people and some people are night people and some people are neither. But you got to see God first, right? But listen, seeking Christ daily is another key. You can't like do good on Monday and forget the rest of the week. It's it's kind of compounded interest. In Luke 11, 2, Jesus said when he was teaching the disciples, he said, when you pray, say, Father, and hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. How often do you need to eat to stay healthy? Every day, right? How often do you need God's grace to live a fruitful life? Every, every day. And if you can develop, if you can develop the discipline of starting your day, getting up a little earlier, making time to get into the Word of God and talking to God, your fruitfulness will increase. Y'all believe that this morning? If you put Christ first in your day, you will stay connected to Christ. Amen. Yes. Number two, the second way to stay connected to Christ is to put Christ first in your finances by tithing. I kind of figured this would be the, oh, hold up now, brother. Come on, you're getting on thin ice over there. It's really an important part. In Matthew 6, 19, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your your heart will be also. Have you noticed whatever you invest in, your heart follows it? If you buy some Coca-Cola stock, you're going to be following Coca-Cola like you own it. Because that's what you invested in, right? Jesus says your heart follows your giving. So whatever you give to controls you. Come on. It's, it's a gospel truth, isn't it? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So listen. So Jesus says your heart follows your giving, so whatever we give to will control our heart. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You might have never looked at money as being a God, but it can become a God in your life. It's what you trust more, it's what you give more attention to, it's what you worship more. Amen. Nothing controls. Nothing controls our master, our heart, and makes us a servant more than money. Nothing. So the purpose of tithing is to free our hearts up from the spirit of greed and the spirit of mammon so we can be free to serve God. Are y'all with me out there? And so some people, they say, man, I want to connect with God. I want to live more for God. I want to be more fruitful. I want to to be more godly. I want to minister to more. I want to do more. But their hearts are controlled. In Matthew 3, 7 and 10, it says this, the purpose of tithing. Ever since the time your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how do we return? Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? Will you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that they may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you don't have room enough for it. So God says the way we return to the Lord, he's talking to the children of Israel, he says, is with the tithe. And so tithing is not about, how many of you know God's not broke? And so he's not like struggling, like, man, please, y'all, please. That's me saying, please, y'all. No, no, just kidding. But how many of you know God's not broke and he doesn't need our tithe, which is 10% of our income, right? God says the way we return to him, the way our hearts stay connected to him, connected to the vine, is giving him the first 10% of our income. Now, some people, whenever they get saved, in fact, I know a brother here that he he started tithing before he even became a Christian. He's like, I believe that. I'm, I'm going to start tithing. Well, how many of you know his heart followed and he got saved and and now he's a, he's a great giver, right? It's the only person I ever knew that started tithing. I know there's more, but the point is, is that and in verse 10, Jesus says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. You know, the storehouse represented the local church or the place that was spiritually feeding them and leading them uh, towards God. Now, why can't we use our tithe to just do what we want with it and give where we want? Because that's some people they say, well, yeah, I tithe. I just I give to this one and I give to that one. What's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is you're still in control. And that's the very thing that God's trying to help you with is lose control. And so as long as you're controlling your tithe, you're still in control. And the very thing God wants you to do is lose control. Come on. Y'all help me preach. Say amen right there. So if you give your tithe to help others, our hearts wouldn't won't be released from the control of money. we still in control. Does that make sense? That's where offerings and alms come in. And remember he said, you're robbing me with tithes and offerings. And then he said, tithe. Bring your tithe into the storehouse. That's where it begins. Tithing to the storehouse releases our hearts from the control of money and draws our hearts to Christ. Remember what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And listen, a heart free from the control of money is a heart that's free to stay connected to Christ. Because you know what I found, even though even though I know I need to stay connected to Christ, man, this heart I have, it wants to do what it wants to do. It wants to live like it wants to live. It wants to behave like it wants. I'm The biggest problem I have is right here on the inside of me, my own heart. And remember, it's not how much you got, it's how much it's got you. And so you can have somebody that's poor that is controlled by the spirit of mammon. And then you can have people that are wealthy. You know, the more you get, the more you got to get free from. And it blesses me when I know somebody has wealth. They have millions and yet they still tithe and they still love Jesus. Come on, how many of you know they've overcome a lot? Amen. It just blesses my socks off to see that. But you can be poor and still be controlled. And sometimes the reason why we're poor is because we're not connected to the vine and we're not bearing fruit. If you you agree with that, or even receive that, say amen. The third way to stay connected to Christ is to practice keeping the Sabbath weekly. Practice keeping the Sabbath weekly. Exodus 20 and 8, this is where the Lord lists the Ten Commandments. And He says this in verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is, is, a, is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons, your daughter, your maidservants, or your, your manservants or maidservants, nor your animals or your or nor the alien within your gates. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. The Sabbath. The Sabbath teaching is not real popular in church anymore. How often should we practice the Sabbath, gang? That wasn't good enough. How often should we practice the Sabbath, gang? Weekly. Weekly. Every seven days we should practice the Sabbath. Recent stats show the average Christian attends church once a month. You see, what, what bothers me about that, it's a reflection on their commitment. It's like they're tapping into the vine, and they're not tapping into the vine. They're tapping into the vine, they're untapping from the vine. Now, I know you don't have to go to church to tap into the vine. But it's a reflection. And whenever the Lord said, keep the Sabbath, he was saying, just like we put him first in our day, we put him first in the week. The first of the week is not Monday, it's Sunday. You see, and he's saying, put me first in your week. And what are you doing when you put me first in your week? You're saying, Lord, I bow to you. I submit to you. I surrender to you. I worship you. That's what the Lord's after. He don't want our money. He don't want our, uh, he don't want to control our time and our week. He wants our heart. And the Sabbath has given him our heart. Come on. Y'all yo, yo hearing me this morning. And so listen, it doesn't matter what the national trend is. You need to break the trend. And you need to keep the Sabbath day holy. Amen. And so listen, what was the purpose of the Sabbath? There were two reasons. Number one, to rest. Number two, to worship God. You know why some people have health problems? They're not resting. They're not obeying the Sabbath. He said, you got to let your animals rest a day. You got to rest a day. So the Sabbath, Jesus said in in, in Mark two twenty seven, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. See, the purpose of the Sabbath was to keep us connected to the vine. Amen? And it just, listen, it's hard to have quality time with the Lord when you can't stay awake. Right? It's hard to worship God whenever you just... Yawning, right? Come on, how many of you know you can worship God? You can have better quality time with God when you rest it up a little bit. Are y'all receiving this today? We're talking about staying connected to the vine and being fruitful, amen? And so listen, you, you know, it's not religion, it's relationship. But listen, whenever you put God first in your day, you put your money first, you put God first in your money, and you put God first in your week, you well on the way to stay connected to the vine. And if you stay connected to the vine, he said, you will bear much fruit, amen. Come on, the joy of the Lord will break out on you. The peace of God will break out on you. You'll have open doors to minister to others. Come on, the grace of God will be with you. And who knows how God will use you and change your circumstance if you just stay connected to him. Amen. Why don't you stand with me and let's close in prayer. Three ways to stay connected to the vine. will not you do me a favor? Before you, before you exit, just close your eyes for just a moment. We're talking about living a life of fruitfulness. And you know, I hope this didn't sound like, um, like a brow beating sermon, but I hope it was challenging. Because we, we don't grow when people just tell us we want to hear. We grow when we hear what we need to hear. Amen. And I believe that this is not deep. This is very practical. But I believe it can change your life. I believe it can make you more productive and more fruitful in your marriage, in your finances, in your health. It can make you more fruitful and more productive in other, in every area of your life. So how about today we just make a fresh commitment to stay connected to the vine? Amen? If you if you have the liberty the freedom, we'll just lift your hands like this and just just say lord i surrender to you. I yield to you. I want to be connected to you. Some of you right there where you are you just might need to bring him the fruit of repentance, which means change of mind, change of heart. means submission, surrender, yielding. Father, I pray for every person in this room. I pray the grace of God on us. I pray the strength of God. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be more fruitful in 2019. The Lord, it'll be a year of favor. It'll be the year of jubilee, the year of blessing like we've never known nor experienced in our life. Lord, we know that your word is true and that your promises abound and I pray today in the name of Jesus that Lord you would release your grace over us God and help us Lord to live a greater fruitful life than we've ever lived before because of the grace and the power and the strength of God that is being released on each and every one of us today thank you Lord for the grace and the favor and the blessing of the Lord that is coming upon us I pray breakthrough right now I pray breakthrough right now I pray Lord right now in Jesus' name that the power of God the grace of God, the anointing of God would be released in this room and there would be spiritual breakthroughs across this place I pray in Jesus mighty name, amen now just listen, just put your hands down for one minute I know I'm running a little bit late but listen, before we go, this is so important, Jesus said, if you stay connected to the vine, to be honest with you I lived a long time, not even connected. I, I believed in God, but I never surrendered to God. I never got saved. I never, I never truly became a Christian. Would you bow your head with me for just one second? If you're here today and you know in your heart that I've never really connected to the vine. I've never asked Jesus to forgive me. I don't know for sure I'm a Christian, but man, I'm ready to do it today. If that's you, just raise your hand. And I wanna pray a special prayer. Just raise your hand, just raise it. I see your hand right back here. Anywhere else, just raise your hand and just hold it up. Just hold it up for just a moment. I see your hand right back here. Anybody else? For those that raise their hand, let's pray it together, saints. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for shedding your blood so my sins can be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I wanna be a Christian. I ask you to come into my heart. I wanna be connected to you, the vine. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, those of you that raised your hands, there's a card in the pew. Yes, amen, that's, that's a good place to clap, right there, right? There's a card in the pew that says, I made a difference, Uh, I made a decision. If you wanna fill that out, bring it in the lobby, we won't harass you, but we do wanna pray for you, we do wanna give you a gift and just help you get started on this journey. I wanna pray the blessing of the Lord. Lord, I pray the favor, the blessing, the grace of God. Lord, I pray open doors, I pray during this Christmas time, the light of Jesus would shine in each and every one of our hearts in a greater way than ever. Thank you, Lord, for blessing your people. Amen, God bless you, you're dismissed.